Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. This is your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this afternoon is my good friend and co-host, Lee Cantor. How are you holding up over there, man? I am doing great. I am loving Chicago. I'm excited. Um, our producer, Michael, said we're going to be doing some indoor skydiving a little later. I'm excited <laughs> about that. I saw that. <laughs> was that a tweet pic that I got sent yesterday? I don't even know what that is. No, it was just a, a text. So just you know, keeping it in the forefront of your memory. It's right there. I don't, I don't think there's any reason not to. All right. We'll tweet, your, we'll tweet the picture of you doing it, though. <laughs> okay, well, let's earn our keep first. This is going to be a fantastic segment. We have with us uh, with an organization called Confidence for Women Professionals. Oddly enough, his name is David Kaiser. Welcome to the show, man. Very good to be here, Stone. Thank you. <laughs> well, we are delighted to have you. Why the focus on women? Why the focus on confidence for women? Give us a, a little background and a little insight into what you're out there trying to do for folks. Sure. Thanks. So the reason I work primarily with women is that you know my experience has been that women are more open to executive coaching, in particular the kind that I like to do, which really looks at, well, what sort of uh, personal growth work needs to happen, what, uh, what kind of uh, emotions and beliefs and blocks do we need to work with. You know, men are willing to do that too, but I'm just finding it's, it's, there aren't as many men who are willing to go down that path. So it's, it's simply a matter of marketing to the audience that wants what I'm selling. Um, I find that they're just much more willing to, to engage me or engage another coach and, and go down that path. And I, I really like working with women. Um, I, I think they're a there's, there are some wonderfully intelligent and competent and, and dedicated women out there, and they're just not getting the credit they deserve. So, uh, you know, for those reasons, all of them together, that's why I went down this path, and that's why I do what I do. Now, uh, why confidence, though? Why did you focus on confidence? So, uh, thank you. Uh, well, what I'm finding is that um, a lot of women, again, they're, they're, they're smart, they're dedicated, they're competent, they're hardworking, um, and many of them lack the confidence to really to, 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 you know, to, well, to use the bar of the phrase of the book, to really lean in and do their best. Uh, so, for example, um, when putting in for a new job or a job that becomes available, you know, if there's 10 or 15 attributes on the job listing, um, often women won't put in for the job unless they have all of them. Whereas a man will typically say, well, I've got half of them I'll put in. If they, you know, <laughs> if they don't want me, they'll reject me, and it's okay. So, you know, so basically, women are holding themselves back in this because if they don't put in for the job, well, they don't get it. Right. Um, and also things like, um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of in the news about the pay gap, uh, how women typically make a lot less money later on in their careers. Some of that is you know, they don't ask for, uh, you know, they don't hold out for a raise or they don't negotiate or bargain. And then some of it too is when they do, they face obstacles about how it's it's uh, you know many people consider it you know inappropriate for women to bargain bargain, but it's okay for men. So it's really threading a needle for a lot of. Have women. you ever been shopping with a woman at a swap meet? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they have. That no, I haven't. But I imagine in that in that instance, they're probably very free to bargain, right? Yeah. So you said something about a book. There's a book along these lines, and you've there authored is. it, or you uh, just no, rely I, on it a lot? Or? Well, there, there's a great book that's out right now. It's called The Confidence Code by Kay and Shipman, and it's bringing attention to this topic. Um, I've actually been working on this topic for several years now, um, 
And these are some of my favorite clients are the ones that I, I help them to grow their confidence. And this has all sorts of wonderful side effects like, um, well, they, they can, they're not perfectionists anymore. And I use that in the term of like, I mean, a real perfectionist doesn't get stuff done because it's never good enough. Right. Or they become more willing to engage in healthy conflict. Um, so I've been doing this stuff for a long time. And now this book has come out. And I, I suspect that this book, uh, The Confidence Code, uh, is going to be this year's uh, lean in that a lot of people are talking about. And it's, and it's you know, the book that women are going to be reading. And it's drawing attention to this stuff that I've been doing for a long time. So uh, I'm very glad that this book is out. It's it's well written. I have a great deal of respect for the authors, and I'm and I'm glad that they're bringing attention to this. Now, are your clients typically uh, women executives, or are they women entrepreneurs, you know, it's solopreneurs? Been a, right. So thank you. It's it's um, it's been a, a a lot of different things. I've had some entrepreneurs. I'd say primarily um, C level women in smaller companies or like director VP women at larger companies. Um, and I've had a handful of entrepreneurs as well. But I'd Is say your them. coaching strategy different for somebody that's trying to work their way up a corporate ladder as opposed to someone running their own business? It is just because the you know the demands and the requirements on uh, on the client are different. So at a you know at a smaller company or when it's their own company, you know they typically have more freedom and you know to try things that work or don't and and there's less of a matrix they need to work within. At a larger company, you know there's procedures, there's ways of doing things that just you know it it helps for them to be more cognizant of that and also you know to work within that to get ahead because it's. It's a matter of staying on task day after day, making those relationships and working their way up the ladder. So I, I, I got to ask, what sure. is that very first meeting like your first, when you're going to be um, working in an executive coaching mm -hmm. capacity? I would think that first meeting must be like first date times 10. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that like? Well, you know, it, it's it's funny you mention that because actually the first meeting typically is a is like a complimentary uh, session that we do. And that is, on the one hand, it is, it is very much like a date because, you know, they haven't typically agreed to anything yet. And I'm trying to figure out if this person is a good fit and they're trying to figure out if I'm a good fit and if they want to spend their personal money or their department's money on me. Um, so very much like a first date. And what we'll do is we'll define like, well, what, what do you want to get out of this? And what are the results of that if you actually manage to get this? Because a lot of times... Uh, and this is beyond coaching. I mean, this goes into training in general. People might say, I want coaching or I want training on this topic. And they don't often know why. But if, I'll, I'll sit down with a client and we'll figure out, well, what are you going to get if this coaching engagement succeeds? And we'll hack that out and get really specific. And then they can see what's well, exactly an example what of things that people try to get. Sure. So it might be something like, you know, I want to be a better leader. Well, OK, well, what does that mean? And it might be for one person being more willing to engage in productive conflict because there's personalities in her department that are that are not getting along, and she's not managing this because she wants she wants to be everybody's friend. That's you know that might be one example. But how do you know you've you're, you've accomplished that? Like, is there metrics? Right. Well, uh, 
part of it is we we design it ahead of time. So at at that first at actually the first paid meeting, we'll typically build in metrics and things like that. So you at the beginning you mm-hmm. look at what the end is going to look like. Exactly, and then we manage towards that. And part of it is just defining the end because if someone says I want to be a better leader, well that's nice, but that's not measurable. And then so at the end of three weeks, you go, yeah, you're a better leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you but know what? It, yeah. We need two more sessions. We need two more. <laughs> right. But typically we'll work like we'll do like a six month engagement and we'll say okay, well. Um, this has been successful if uh, you know we're noticing that turnover has gone down in the department. Or so then that means right. at the beginning you got to know what turnover is, so you have something exactly. to compare it to. Right, and sometimes it's just subjective. It might be you know I will enjoy coming to work more. Right. You know, or it might be uh, I feel better about how the team is getting along. And even then, we want to get specific, like you know, keep keep records in a journal so you can. Compare. So you, right, so you can say, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how right. much do you enjoy going to work now? It's exactly. a three. So then, right. okay, okay, in six months, it's a six. Then we know That's, we've done. It's a, been successful. Yeah, right. I feel like staying at my job, or I feel like it's going in the right direction. So right. we're happy. Yeah. Now, are you on the hook? Or do you feel like you are in these conversations for having the answer? Or is it more about you just kind of helping them think through strategies for going and getting the answers themselves? Right. What, yeah, what's the key there? Right. So I would say that, uh, well, a, a pure coaching model would be like, I have no answers. I just pull them out of you. And I don't think that's, that's, a, that's a theory that doesn't exist in reality. Um, I would say there are times when I will, uh, well, I'll have some expertise or some knowledge that I'll suggest and then I'll help I'll work with the client to tailor it to make sure it works for them. So I might say you might, you know, what I've noticed is um, you know, these things help your confidence. You know, for example, um taking a deep breath, letting your your voice come down, um uh standing up straighter. Now, within that, what is going to work for you? Is it taking a deep breath during the meeting, before the meeting, um uh, you know, so I'll work with them. And then if it's broader stuff like um, how to engage in conflict with uh, employees, well, you know, some people are going to be more confident just saying, here's what I think the problem is. Others, I might say, well, how can you draw your, your employee into, the, into it? Maybe you ask them a certain set of questions ahead of time. But do you ever say things like, like maybe you should hit them less? You know, <laughs> like you tell them, like, you know, like it's obvious to you that they're doing something right. wrong and you're like, you know... Well, you know, it, it, what, what, uh, what I actually find is more often, especially with women, is that either they're not stepping up to engage in conflict and just hoping it goes away, or sometimes uh, they'll avoid, 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 and then kind of blow up. And, you know, and that's you know, not quite hitting, of course, but it's, you know, that's when, they're, when they're yelling and screeching, then that's unproductive. There are times when... But can you, know, you be that direct and say... you? You can't be yelling and screaming. Dude, you got to stop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there are times when I say, you know, if you're doing this behavior. Well, usually what I'll say is something like, if I say you can't do that, they'll start arguing with me. But if I say, what, what happens when you do that? Well, X, Y, and Z. Well, how do you like X, Y, and Z? Well, I don't. <laughs> well, okay. So well. you want them to connect the dots. Right. right rather than you tell them Exactly, because then they see that they're, like you say, they connect the dots. They see that this action leads to this consequence. And if they don't like it, well, they need a new action. Right. So yeah. what's the backstory? How did you get into coaching and what were you doing before so i got into coaching uh when i was coming out of academia way back when i wanted to become a professor and about two-thirds of the way through decided i did not want to become a professor so what do i want to do and at that point i went through a whole lot of like coaching and job counseling and a lot of other stuff a lot of soul searching and i i still remember at one point i was working with a coach um and i was in a meeting with her and i remember thinking 
well, her job's pretty cool. I could do this. This sounds like fun. And that took about three, four more years for me to make the decision and then go and get trained and get certified and open my business. In the meantime, I worked in corporate training for a Fortune 500 company. It was, it was great. And at a certain point, they, you know, it was 2008, they started going through a round of, of, uh, of layoffs and downsizing. I was in the training department, I figure. I, I, they're coming for us sooner or later. So I negotiated uh, my way out and started my own business. And it'll be six years this fall that I've been doing my own training and, and coaching business. Now, are your clients typically people who have never had coaching or are they people who have had gone through coaching and are looking for a different coach? You know, I find that about two-thirds of them have had either coaching and or therapy, and therefore they get the idea, and, and they just, they're just looking for, well, Dave can help me with this. Uh, some of them have done nothing along those lines, um, but you know, after the conversation we have, they, they can see the benefits, and they're willing to take that plunge. Now, can you share maybe how coaching's different than therapy? Sure. So, uh, therapy, so on the one hand, it's, it's similar in that it's, it's talking and conversations and suggestions for actions that will be different going forward. The difference is, obviously, therapy, it's clinical. I mean, they deal with personality disorders and with past traumas and that kind of thing. You know, I don't do any clinical work. If someone tells me they're depressed or they're OCD, you know, I, I, it would be irresponsible for me to address that. Um, what I can do is, like, look at, okay, well, how did, how did your history inform your beliefs? How can that change what you're going to do today and tomorrow? So there's some overlap, but the real difference is, you know, I won't go into anything that's clinical, anything pathological, um, and you know, typically anything that that you could find in a you know in, in a manual of psychological disorders, you know, if that comes up, I will refer them to a professional. And you're focused more on business and what their career is like and things like that. Exactly. So sometimes you know we'll go into someone's past or someone's emotions or someone's you know, you know struggles and traumas, um, but. It, it typically just as it relates back to the business issue. So, you know, we all have stuff that was hard from when we were kids or when we were younger adults that impacts what we do today. So I'll look at that, help clients work their way through that to be more effective today. But it all has to come back to some sort of, some level of business results because mm -hmm. they're either paying out of their own pocket or out of their department's budget. And, uh, you know, they want to see the results that they came for. Right, that's going to positively impact their career. Exactly. Whether it's a new job or increasing sales or lower turnover, I mean, whatever it might be, it, it's got to be very impactful. So you do sales coaching as well? Um, I've done some because a lot of it is, well, you know, if, if you're a salesperson, you know the impact of confidence. When you go in there and you believe in yourself and, you know, and, you, and you know that you've got an absolutely wonderful product, it makes it much easier for the other person to, to sign on the dotted line and say, I, I think you can take me where I want to go. Um, when a salesperson has really weak confidence, it's, uh, you know, they're, the they're not as resilient. Death. It's the kiss of death. Exactly. <laughs> right. Isn't so, yeah. The, yeah, totally. I would think. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're not confident as a salesperson, you're right. If you don't believe in yourself, impact. you don't believe in your product, right. it is that much harder to, it's you know. Sales is hard as it is. It, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, it, it is the kiss of death. So, just e increasing confidence a little bit in a sales Can be situation a dramatic. is huge. Yeah. So, yeah. is an executive coach uh, the kind of thing or person that you refer or is it one of those things you sort of keep in your back pocket as your secret weapon? Like, do you go out and say, here's my trophy coach, and you really ought to have one too? Or I, 
Or do you like, man, I'm not going right. like, to know Do people about this? look at mm-hmm. it as a sign of weakness that I have a coach? Like, how do they present it to the you world? Know, I, I think that, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, having a coach was seen as like a remedial matter. Like, you had a coach, <laughs> if you were a problem and they wanted to fix you. And, you know, there, of course, there's still some of that and there's still people now who need that. Now it's a status that. symbol. Now it's more of a status <laughs> symbol. Yeah. And, and what cool. I get is, um, you know, my clients, they, they, have, they get such wonderful turnarounds in both their results and how they feel about their career so, is so dramatically different that I usually get people saying, I want to introduce you to my, you know, to my friend, to my colleague, to my So you know, doing neighbor. good work yeah. is a good sales tool oh, very for much. you. Yeah. And I, I get probably <laughs> a third of my clients just from referrals that way. Wow. Yeah. And they'll write public testimonials. I mean, there's no sort of like, stigma around right they're not embarrassed no no if anything they're like hey you got to talk to Dave he's awesome that's great yeah and I'm very grateful for that so when you're initially working with these women you have a feel for you know there probably are some some areas for improvement some things that you can help them work through in these major buckets whether it's excessive modesty or Mm -hmm. aversion to conflict or Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to steal all your Thunder, but I'd be interested kind of in, in the general flow of some of those initial conversations that mm-hmm. help them get yeah. them thinking through the right stuff. So after we've you know, defined specifically what a successful engagement is going to look like, um, then there's typically sort of, I, I always have topics in my back pocket and we'll also, stuff comes up in the moment. So if they're, for example, if we're doing um, uh, excessive modesty, which sounds funny because, you know, People, you know, we're, we're told to be humble and we're told to be modest. And that's doubly or more true for women who are not supposed to, you know, push too hard to get what they want um, for fear of being labeled bossy. Um, so that modesty can come to a matter of like holding themselves back, like I mentioned earlier, not putting in for a job. Or um, It's amazing how well, a lot of men are not comfortable tooting their own horn, but that's, again, much more true of women. And a lot of them will, you know, won't go to their boss or won't go to somebody and say, Here, here's what I do or here's what I can do. Here's what I have done. Um, and that's why I call it excessive modesty because they'll just, well, if I'm doing a good job, they'll know. And, you know, it, so you and, find that line of yeah. thinking more in women than M- much more so in women. They just kind of trust that, you know, what's going on or they don't want to. And, and, and to go to your question about, well, what does that conversation look like? Sometimes I'll dive into, well, what's at risk? What bad thing might happen if you toot your own horn or if you go to your boss or a, a potential hiring manager and say, here are my accomplishments. Here's what I can do. Here's what I'd like to do. And then really looking at, well, how real are those risks? So and, what are some of the things they say that people think that they have like a big ego or they're right, they might bragging? Be, right. So for women in particular, they might be perceived as being bossy, which, again, is the kiss of right, death for a lot of women. Right? They don't want that. Don't want that at all. Um, and a lot of times it's just, it's, it's, it's not ladylike. It's not what they were trained to do by society. Um, so the risk might be they'll perceive, they'll be perceived in a certain way, or they might be, uh, they might face rejection or criticism. If you say, I can do X, well, someone might say, well, I don't believe you, or, well, you, you said you did X, but this other thing happened and, you know, and they'll just, you know, it's kind of death by a thousand cuts. Um, so, and if you don't put yourself out there, and request what you want, push for what you want, you're much less likely to get it. So women will just hold back a lot of times mm-hmm. um, and not put in for those sorts of things just because of the you know the potential rough and tumble of it. 
What what a great question though. What what are the risks? And I suspect in a lot of cases the perceived risks far outweigh the real risk. And just asking the question kind of helps them at least get it exactly. in proper perspective, right? Exactly. Like sometimes I you know I'm asking clients, and that's one of my favorite questions. What are the risks involved? And yeah. and nine times out of ten, the perceived risk is much bigger than the reality. And in fact, uh, there's a great quote from Seth Godin, who's a marketer, and he says the shadow is always bigger than the monster. <laughs> and that's just so true. That's it's like, great. you know, I, I, women will say, you know, I, if I start my own business, I might fail and I might lose, you know, my marriage and I might lose my family. And, and it's like, and you know, and I, a lot of times I'll tease them. It's like, yeah, you'll end up living in a box under the bridge or something. Right. And it's just, no, it's not. That's of course possible, but it's not, not going to happen. Right. right. It's not going to happen. Whereas, you know, there might be some downside, you know, you might lose some money, you might, uh, you know, you might make some mistakes, but you know, nine yeah, out of 10, stay you stay in that from. safe job you have there because uh, there's never layoffs and people never <laughs> well, get fired. Exactly, right. Right. Well, and that's the thing. People, that's the other side of that right. risk question. What are the risks of, what are the risks not of not changing? Not different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, and, uh, and, um, as Lee was saying, there's, there are the risks involved in doing nothing. If you hate your job, you're probably going to continue to hate it. And if you hate it, then if the ax man ever comes, he's more likely to find you because right. you probably have a dark cloud over your head. Yeah. Now, as an executive coach, are you also expected to be, I don't know, kind of that go-to guy in the marketplace that knows where the, where the other solid professionals are are you expected right, like to be a trusted that kind of, advisor yeah you that's know. what i'm looking that's what right. i'm looking for um you know a, a lot of times i am and, and people will come to me and they'll say can you do this and if it's something i can do like i have my primary ex- areas of expertise and some others as well where i've got so you um, do coaching and then you said the bad workshops singing <laughs> I was, yeah, I was in a band once upon a time. Yeah. So those are your two go-tos. Ba- yeah, and uh, thankfully, I have, well, I, well, for better or for worse, I have not been, uh, I have not been paid for uh, for singing in a long time. And the last time I was paid, it was paid in beer. And it was in Russia. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so I people will say, you know, do you do this certain topic? And if it's, you know, for example, if it's something clinical, I'll refer them to a, you know, a therapist or a clinician. Or if it's something out of my realm like i get a lot of it questions about you know i can mm. i can build a website but i can't do a hardcore like fulfillment right. type website i'll refer them to someone or to a marketing person or a something like that so yeah and and always if i you know i'll only refer if i know someone that i would be willing to spend money on or i trust so if, if i don't have that i'll i'll look i'll figure it out but you know, I've, I've got a, a list of people that I love working with and I'm more than happy to refer to. But that relationship's too important. You can't compromise yeah. that relationship with a senior-level executive inside a Fortune 500 company just trying to help some guy out that you met at a, at a meeting. Oh, exactly, function right. function the other day. You've exactly. got to be vetted. And, right, and, and, and I've got you know, partners that I work with on either formally or just people I know in my network. And if, right. you know, if I know them, like them, trust them, I'm more than happy to say, here's so-and-so, and he's great at this. Now, does it ever occur where you're coaching a woman and you're making some progress and they ask, like, I have a kid. Does any of this transfer? Like, are they able to help their, especially a daughter? Because, you know, if they have some baggage from right, when they were right. a kid, mm-hmm. is there something that through your coaching they can help their kid right. not have that kind of? Well, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I just, I was in, in a similar uh, topic on a call just yesterday. Um, and that is on the one hand, I find that the, uh, the effects or the benefits that they get from coaching, um, almost always ripple outwards into their personal lives. So that might be, you know, a better relationship with spouse or it might be better relationship with kid. And in particular, I, I am finding, uh, and this is probably a book about a year or two downstream, but I'm finding that so much um, 
of the advice about being a good manager and good leader and so much of the advice about being a good parent is so similar. There's Employees are just there, like huh? kids. Right. You need to be able to set boundaries. You need to be able to reward and punish. Right. You need to be able to recognize. You need to be able to you know, help them achieve their goals uh, and create alignment. And um, it's just amazing how, uh, I, guess it's, I guess I would probably say, employees, direct reports, so often act like children that it becomes, <laughs> it becomes self-reinforcing. You, get a, you become a better manager, you become a better parent. You right. become a better parent, you become a better manager. Now, what's, a, what's an engagement with you? Is this like forever or is it a period of time typically? Typically, it's a, it's a set period of time. So I'd say more often than not, six months is the initial one. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but typically six. Because that's enough time to really build up some momentum and see some see change. See some results. Right. Um, and it's especially because so much of this is cumulative. And at the end of that, you know, sometimes they, they got what they came for and they wrap up. And a lot of times they'll say, well, let's do another six-month engagement or let's roll month to month. So I'd say probably half of my engagements end up going on longer. And I've had a couple of clients stay with me for three plus years. Wow. So, now, yeah. is it something, some of them, they'll do this uh, a period of time and then they'll, you'll check in with them every so often? Exactly. Like some so, maintenance work? Right. So usually at the end of six months or whenever they're, if they decide they're going to wrap, w- one of the last things we'll do is have like, okay, well, here's what you can do going forward since we're not going to be so meeting So it's like an action basis. plan for the exactly. future. Yeah, it'll be an action plan for the future. And then I'll check in every so often both to see how they're doing and help them out. And also, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. This is sales. I'll say, hey, how you doing? Do you need any additional help or anybody you'd like to refer to? And sometimes they'll want to re-engage. Or sometimes, you know, we'll just have a nice conversation and that's all good. Right. Well, speaking of sales, that's going to be different in your arena than it is in in, in a lot of areas. Because you can't just pick up the phone and call an executive, a female executive, and say, I heard you need some coaching. Yeah. Your performance <laughs> is telling me maybe you need right. a coach. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, so I, yeah, I don't do a whole lot of cold calling. Um, I, I typically do more. Uh, I get referrals because you know people will talk to their friends, and then one of their friends is one of my clients, and they'll say, "Okay, well, I hear what you're talking about. You need to talk to Dave." Um, you and do then speaking workshops. I do, I do speaking. I do workshops. I do one-on-one networking. Um, I get a lot of. I've got a, a mailing list. Uh, I get a lot of where clients. Where you share thought leadership. Exactly. So I've got a mailing list where I, you know, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share thought leadership ideas, uh, you know, tips, tricks, all sorts of things. Just, mm-hmm. you know, because that builds the no like, and trust factor. People see all these ideas I'm recommending or these right. connections I'm making. And at a certain point, they'll be like, you know what? I, it's time. I'm, I'm sick of dealing with the crap I'm dealing with. I'm going to give Dave a call and we're going to see what we is can it, do Is there a this. pain point that they have where they're like, it's time, that triggers and it's time? Um, Often there is, and thankfully it's usually not something like, you know, they're going to get fired or something. It's usually more like, I, I just am tired of something. I, I'm tired of not enjoying my job, or I'm tired of being a referee, or I'm tired of being not taken seriously, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just like, I've been doing this on my own. It's not getting me what I want, and I need to engage a professional. So they'll reach out to me, or they'll reach out to a couple others. Typically it's not a competitive thing. It's just they'll They'll check in with me or someone will refer them, and they just make a, a yes or no decision. Mm-hmm. Well, you touched on this a little earlier in the conversation, but I, I do think there is a book in you, at least one. And so are you serious about that? You, you, oh, I, yeah, you think I've, you're going to get a book I, together? I, I, would love to, I would love to do a book. Um, and uh, I, so that's, that's one might be something like how, 
how parenting and, and being a manager is really the same job. That might be one book. Right. Um, I'm currently editing a book, um, and it's probably going to be on time management. Uh, that is taking a lot of my blog posts and previous writing and, and pulling that together into uh, in, into a larger book. Um, so I, I love writing, and uh, it, it's funny going back to I, I said earlier I was an, I wanted to be an academic, and uh, you know academics read, write, talk, publish. I love doing that stuff. I just like doing it on a faster schedule, so it's not a you know two year referee <laughs> journal. Right. You know I mean that's right. necessary and good, but I don't have the patience for that. Well, this has so. been a marvelous conversation for me. I certainly have a great deal more confidence coming out of the conversation than I did have having gone in. And I'm not going to be as modest going forward. There you go. <laughs> See, there every, somehow I doubt that's not a problem for you. <laughs> Where can our listeners go to learn more and perhaps have a conversation with you about a, a coaching relationship? Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, a couple of different ways to reach me. Uh, my email address is dave at confidenceforwomenprofessionals.com. That's the easiest. Um, my Twitter handle is um, at conf, as in confidence, for the letter. I'm sorry, the, the number uh, for women. So conf for women. Um, and I have a website. It's it's purely a sales page, and that is confidenceforwomenprofessionals.com. And they can get a free video and all kinds of other goodies there. All right, David Kaiser, thanks so much for joining Truly us, Truly a pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.